0: You're listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast created to help parents disciple their adopted or foster teenagers. Here are your hosts, Arthur C. Woods and Elizabeth Joy Woods.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome to our third episode of Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast.
2: Episode number three. Do do
1: do do. Uh, I just want to apologize to all of you, our listening audience, because today is a day that my husband looks really good. Just got a haircut. Oh. He's wearing one of my favorite T-shirts that he's got, and um, it would be really nice if this was a vlog and not just a podcast.
2: And I lost a couple pounds this week,
1: so that always helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my apologies there that you have to listen to us and you can't actually see us, but that's all right. I'm not really interested in sharing him, so I'll keep him to myself.
2: Uh, That sounds sounds good. Thank you for (laughs) that introduction. You
1: are welcome. Not only wise and brilliant, but also not bad to look at. Wow. Okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, the last episode that we looked at was talking about how God is a father unlike any father that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really important that we recognize that as Christians, we know that as Christians, that he is the perfect father. Yep. Um, but we need to be aware of how we use that terminology when we're talking to kids who... Uh, are in the foster care system or have been adopted or have some sort of massive trauma related to father or parent or, or those words. Right, exactly. Yep. So disp- depending on the experience that our kids have had with earthly fathers, embracing God as their father can really be a challenge and mm-hmm. something that actually right pulls them away, right? Oh, like,
2: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In fact, one of the things we talked about regarding that last time was this idea of looking at the analogy of God being our Father as a contrasting analogy and not a comparative analogy. Yeah,
1: I think that's so key.
2: I think so, too, because so often we do look at it as a, as a comparative analogy where we're thinking, well, we have this great earthly father, and God is is like our earthly father, except he's our perfect heavenly father. And like we talked about last time, that's fine if you had a great father, but if, if you had a father who was perhaps abusive or neglectful or abandoned you or whatever you don't necessarily want to hear that God, was, God is your father when you already have a very uh, negative, tainted view of what a father is. So we look at that as a contrasting analogy to say, hey, this is what you experienced from a father here on earth, and yeah, it wasn't great, but here's what God... Is offering you. Here is how God is going to be a father. So we dig digged a little deeper. Dug Dugged? Is it dug or digged? It's definitely
1: not dug. It's it, diggeded?
2: Yes. We dig um,
1: three G's in that. Three
2: G's. Digged it a little deeper uh last time and just kind of unpacked that concept uh for a few minutes. But today we want to move on from that and we want to look at this big idea for today, this gospel concept that God's love endures forever. God's love endures forever. And there's, well, I was going to say there's two words in that phrase that could be kind of difficult or maybe even offensive for certain kids, depending on their background. But honestly, all four of those words, God's love, endures forever, could be difficulties. But we're just going to focus on really two today, and we're going to zero in primarily on love. But the the words in there, love, boy, that's going to be a challenge for some of our kids. And the word forever, because a lot of our kids have been, heard the word forever, right? And then forever came a lot sooner than they thought forever was when they've been told, this is your forever family, or I'm going to love right. you forever, or you're going to be with us forever. Yeah.
1: I think forever is kind of like fairy tale to a lot of our kids. Like forever doesn't right. actually exist. You know, it's kind of like out there with Cinderella. It's one of those, it's one of those fairy tale book words.
2: Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, forever sometimes means for now. Right. And
1: it or really should Until you mess up.
2: <laughs> yeah. In fact, um... Going back to the word love for a minute, I was uh, talking to a a teenager who had been adopted, and this was a couple years ago, and we were talking about the concept of love, and she looked at me in all seriousness and she said, I don't believe in love, it's just a word, it's meaningless. And my heart kind of sank for her because I knew her background, I knew what she had been through, and and I knew some of the people that had kind of abandoned her and neglected her and people who had supposedly loved her. And over all those years of, of people that loved her leaving her, yeah, she just lost total belief in the concept of love. So when you tell her things like, Hey, God loves you, that means absolutely nothing to her. So it's kind of like, how do you rebuild that belief in the concept of love so that she can now believe that God actually does love her?
1: Right, right, right. I think that, like, I, I know that story, and I think that we need to acknowledge that there are people in her life who did love her and who do love her, but our love as humans is just a, a very fallible love. It's completely True. not perfect. Yep. Um, and that's where we come into God's perfect love. Again, we we compare and contrast our ability to love with God's ability to love. So in the Bible the Greek word for God's love is agape and agape love is that perfect love and God gives us a really wonderful de- uh, definition of love in first Corinthians I mean we if you grew up in faith-based home or you grew up in the church you know that first Corinthians 13 is like the love chapter mm-hmm. but um, so I think we kind of take it for granted and and how, the other th- how
2: many weddings have you been to where first Corinthians yeah. 13 was read
1: right exactly and it's you know it, it's I don't think our frequency of use can I want to make sure that we don't like deteriorate that word or because we have we have um, taken that word in our own English language you know we we I love peanut butter, I love chocolate cake, I love my dog well, that's not comparable to how I love my children right nor is it comparable to how God loves us I mean
2: but it's all the same word in English, but it's all the
1: same word right so so we really need to be careful with those things so the the Greek word for God's love is agape, and agape looks like 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and if you're good with it, I'm just going to take a second to, like, read through that. Yeah, go for it. Um, This is in the NLT, so it's really easy for anybody to understand, but also, especially our kids who might have some trouble with, um, you know, every once in a while, there's some trauma, there's some stuff, so we want to keep it um, as general, as uh, basic English as possible. So this says, love is patient. Okay, let's just stop there. Love is patient. (laughs)
2: We're already out. <laughs> mind blown. yeah, we're right. We're already disqualified, I think yeah from the, yeah. the perfect love category.
1: Yes, exactly. So love is patient and kind. and like there, you know, as soon as I'm impatient, I become unkind. So love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And that endures through every circumstance, that's incredibly powerful for our kids who have lost love because they have gone through horrific circumstances. Right. So this is what we're meant to like live out. This is the the standard. This is the standard that we can never reach, but with Christ's grace, we can, uh, you know, attain moments of it, I think. We can offer that love in those really irritable moments when we don't want to be patient, we don't want to be kind, we don't want to rejoice whenever the truth wins out, you know. So that's what agape love truly is, and and that's, that is the standard for how we love our kids and and, uh, truly how God loves us. So as we give this love to our kids, we need to remember that that's how God is pouring into us and loving us.
2: Yeah, I think that's perfect, and I think that kind of brings us to our, our next point, that in the same way that we looked at uh, God being our Father as a contrasting analogy as opposed to a comparative analogy, I think right. we can kind of do the same thing with love, that we can, we can contrast earthly love that our kids may have experienced from a, a birth father or, or honestly, even,
1: right. even us, us as, as whether parents, it's yeah.
2: adoptive parents or or bio parents or foster parents, none of us have perfect love right. for our children. So we we contrast that with, well, here's how God loves us. Here's what God means when He says He loves us. Here's First Corinthians thirteen four through seven, and right. this is God's definition of love. And He hits that every time. His love is perfect. In fact, we know that from. First John four eighteen that says "Perfect love casts out fear, and who has that perfect love? well, not me right uh, I don't maybe you do
1: Probably but... no I mean no not at all <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean we're obviously we're talking about God here. God is the one who has that perfect love so we we contrast God's love with our love because we don't have a perfect love we and that's not to say we don't love our our children and we don't do our best, but there are certain times where Patience is not part of our love for these kids. And there are times where anger is a part of our love yeah. for these kids. And and so we want to show them that like, yeah, it was yeah, you had some you had some tough times with how your what, how your birth parents loved you. And you're probably even having some tough times with how we're loving you. Right. But let's contrast that with how God is expressing that he's going to love you and how he does love you, yeah
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely
2: so the other word in in there in that this idea of god's love endures forever is forever forever doesn't always seem to mean forever if you uh, have had the backgrounds of some of our some of our kiddos in fact psalm one thirty six says this his love endures forever mm-hmm. and what I love about Psalm 136 is that those words are repeated. Are you ready for this?
1: Mm-hmm, I'm ready.
2: 26 times in one chapter. That's a
1: decent amount. That
2: is a decent amount. It says, his love endures forever. Do you his feel love. like
1: the author wanted to make a point? I, feel, I think that's exactly
2: <laughs> what was going on. I think the the psalmist said, I want whoever reads this this psalm, this passage, this song, to know God's love endures forever. Yeah. So there's a contrast there as well, because again, some of our kids in their past have been said, you're going to be with us forever. We're going to love you forever. We're your forever family. And then all of a sudden that all gets changed up.
1: Right. Yeah, so we talked about God's love being like infallible in the sense that it is a perfect love right. that we can never attain. But in the same character, uh, the same characteristic of God being infallible is He is also infinite. Like He is the creator of love. Right. There would not be love if there was not Him, and He doesn't need to come up with more love because all love comes from Him. Mm-hmm. It, you know what I mean? I like so that. it is infinite. It is forever. It cannot be anything but forever and infinite. And there is such tremendous grace in that, to, and peace in that, to so know that God's love is not only perfect, but also it, it can't stop. It will go on forever.
2: Right, and that's how, that's really what we need to try to express to our kids when they come to us and say, I don't believe in love, or I don't believe forever is really a thing. It's, it's to say, well, okay, let's hold on for a second, because I understand what you've been through with love, and I understand that that forever turned out to be, for now, but that's not what God is talking about here. When God says He's gonna love you forever, when God says He has a perfect love, this is what He means right compared to what you experienced. It's and, different.
1: And on the flip side of that, like as a parent who's trying to care for these children, to remember that God's love is perfect and forever for me. Is yeah. such a tremendous release and and uh, refreshment and like boost to for me to be able to go do what like to go have that conversation or to get up at you know the sixth time that night and and calm those fears <laughs> or you know whatever it is like God's love in, in is forever for me filling me okay great so I can go out and in His love offer love to this child right and and that's incredibly awesome so in that same genre or in that same line of thought. There are four different attributes that we as parents really need to strive for to help our teenagers embrace embrace God's love.
2: You know, what? I really like lists. I, I like when people <laughs> say like, there's four ways to dot, dot, dot. Right. That gets my ears to perk up. Like okay. That, that Have makes I perked me your take, ears? My ears are perked. I'm ready to take notes. Perk them up. I'm listening.
1: All right, great. So there's four, one, two, three, four attributes that we as parents can really aim for to help our teenagers embrace God's love. And the first one is the most... I think the most difficult one, um, is just to be loving, to try and exemplify agape love, to try and exemplify that infinite, perfect love that we don't, we never will be able to attain. But that's like, I kind of feel like that's my calling, not only to my adoptive kids, but just to like other people in the world in my, in my circle. Um, but it's really hard sometimes with these kids and that's why we need to be, we need to be so dependent upon God to love him well, to be able to love others well. So to be able to exemplify agape love, you know, be patient, be kind, don't be boastful, don't be jealous or rude, don't demand your own way, and don't be irritable. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Don't keep record of wrongs and rejoice in the truth. Just don't give up. Don't lose faith. Always be hopeful. Always endure through every circumstance.
2: Yeah, you're right. Ultimately, be loving. So if we're trying to get Our kids uh, are adopted, our foster teenagers, who have gone through trauma themselves, and we want them to embrace God's love. Boy, we need to be loving ourselves. We need to be an example of love, understanding that we're not always going to get it right, and that we will fail. And that brings us to our second point, which is (laughs) be humble. Own your mistakes.
1: This is annoying.
2: Yes. Admit when your love wasn't exactly perfect. When you messed up, when you maybe lost some patience, or you got a little angry, or or whatever the case may be, go to your teenager and say, "Hey, I just want you to know that was really stupid of me. I I don't know what I was thinking. I shouldn't have talked to you like that, or I shouldn't yeah. have responded the way I did. <laughs> but I love you. I love you so much. And yeah, I'm not perfect." And then maybe bring it back to that conversation again. Hey, but you know who is right. dot, dot, dot.
1: <laughs> I think the, the best way to go about this or the hardest part of this for me is to not bring up the infraction that caused me to be unloving. Like there was oh, right. a line crossed where I reacted poorly. So it wasn't loving, but they weren't loving first, yeah. <laughs> but I don't necessarily need to bring that up. I just need to re- take responsibility for my actions and allow that, you know, that selfish line that I draw that they crossed to not be brought up again in conversation at that moment, it doesn't need right. to be at that moment.
2: So you can't do one of those uh, those old "I'm sorry, but, but. <laughs> dot dot dot." Right,
1: like "I'm sorry, I was an idiot." Okay, done. But Stop you were a
2: bigger idiot than me. <laughs> that's not that's not going to work.
1: It doesn't. Yeah, it's not really it.
2: So be loving, be humble. This third one. Oh, well, this is easy. This is an easy one. Be I patient. Love this one. Yeah, yeah, just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one out there ever has problems being patient. But you know what? You can't quickly undo what took years. These kids, because of their trauma, these teenagers, as they're now 13, 15, 18, 19, however old they are, yeah. it, it in many cases took them years and years and years to get to the point where they are, to uh, respond to the trauma that they experienced. And if they're having trouble embracing not just God's love, but just the concept of love in general, one of the things we can do as a parent is just to be patient it's not just gonna happen overnight. are you can't just play them this podcast and say, See, here God loves you and it all just gets fixed and so you need to be patient. You just can't quickly undo what took years to get to that point.
1: Yeah, we need to have that mindset that this is a journey, this is a long process, and we need to have perseverance. You know, love never fails. We need to be we need to persevere through the time and through the tantrums and through whatever else it is that we are coming up against.
2: Yep, that's exactly right. So our first one was be loving. Number two, be humble. Number three, be patient. And number four, our last one is be prayerful.
1: You do like lists. Yeah,
2: I do like Liz. <laughs> lists. <laughs> and and Liz. Nice. I like lists. I'll take it. And I'll take Liz. it. <laughs> Man, just pray for your kids and pray for wisdom. As As parents of foster kids ourselves, we know that, Prayer is so important because not only do we want to pray for our kids, but we need wisdom. We need God's wisdom ourselves. There are situations we get ourselves into with these kids, and it's like, God, what what are we doing here? What are you asking us to do here? What is the right thing to do here? And we just need to pray for wisdom that we'll take those those steps to be well, to be loving, to be humble, and to be patient. And over time, see that that's going to make a big difference in their life. So pray for your kids. Pray. For wisdom.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that we. We do need to pray for wisdom just even as we go throughout the day and we come into these tantrums. And sometimes that requires patience to just, like, stop. Okay, let me not react to this. Let me just (laughs) pray about it first and then see what the real issue is behind the behavior, behind the whatever, you know. Um, But on the flip side, I know that my parents have prayed for me for years. I know that your parents have prayed for you for years. And as an adult, looking back on those years of prayers, I can see the fruit of their prayers, you know, not only do I love them for their heart to pray for us, but if we are not praying for our children, who is, who is going to pray for our children if we are not? And I mean, that is such a powerful motivation to just spend time in the car or in your quiet time or, you know, any time that you have, you're vacuuming, you're whatever, you're doing whatever, pray for them. Yeah. Just pray for them. So, so
2: so let's kind of just wrap up up this portion, and then, Liz, I think you're going to tell us what we're doing next time, but yep. really this idea that if, if you're a teenager who's been adopted or, or lives in, in foster care with you is struggling with the concept of love, is struggling with the idea that God could absolutely love them, first and foremost, I would take them back to the agape love definition that God gives us in First Corinthians 13 and say, this is what love is, and this is how God loves you. And loves me. And loves me. Yeah, that's exactly right. And contrast that with the love that they have experienced here on earth, not just from their their birth parents, but even from us as adoptive or foster parents, how we have not been able to love them perfectly as much as we might like to. Yeah. Let them see the difference and let them say, okay, I I get it. What I have experienced hasn't been a true definition of love, but this is what God is offering me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's key.
2: So what do we got coming up next time, Liz Woods?
1: So next time, we're going to talk about a term that can irritate some of our kids, but it's the term orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many different types of orphan. If you're in the orphan care world, you know that. There's true orphan and not true orphan and all these different you know, um, indications with this word, but it's an irritable word some, to some of our kids. What we want to talk about is that term orphan, and we want to talk about how God will never leave you no matter what.
2: Yeah, kind of like God will never leave you. It's kind of like the word forever. Uh, the words forever and never can really be difficult for, uh, for adopted and foster teenagers to embrace. But we're going to talk about that next time. We're going to talk about that uh, scary word, orphan. <laughs> so that's it for today. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Trusting the God of the Gospel.
1: Again, I'm sorry it wasn't a vlog.
2: No, no, because again, I'm Looking really good. <laughs> Every time you were talking during this episode, I was just looking into the mirror saying, Wow, you know, she's right.
0: Dang.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with um, you. I'm with you. I don't have a mirror here.
0: Today's episode was brought to you by the Trusting the God of the Gospel video series. For more information on this powerful discipleship resource for adopted and foster teenagers, visit trustingthegodofthegospel.com forward slash shop. If you found today's content valuable, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on your hosts, Arthur and Elizabeth, please visit them at arthurcwoods.com or elizabethjoywoods.com. Thanks for listening to the Trusting the God of the Gospel podcast.